Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Man, welcome to TC. We're so excited you guys are with us today. And uh, we're jumping into our Family Matters series for this month. And man, we're just super pumped. And I don't think we have our handout notes as much today. Uh, we'll get those back to you guys next week. But as we jump into Family Matters, turn your neighbor and say Family Matters. And uh, as we jump into that today, uh, I remember growing up. How many guys grew up in my era? Uh, I remember visiting my grandma's house where it was like, it wasn't, hey, go get the remote. It was like, you are the remote. Come on, help me out. Y'all remember, like, hey, go change the channel. Yeah, I mean, I just sat down, you know. So, and nowadays, see, y'all, y'all, young people now, y'all don't understand, right? Y'all, you, you can, I remember sitting in my living room just the other day. We were using the remote app on our iPhone to control our Apple TV that was hooked up to our TV. You literally don't have to get off the couch if you don't want to. Like, and I was, I was sitting there and I was remembering how, you know, back in the day, we used to watch the little, y'all, y'all remember the uh, TV Guide channel thing? And it never failed that you turned that on just three seconds after you were looking for the show you were looking for. You're like, oh, now I got to wait again for this whole thing. And I, I, I was thinking about how that goes. But nowadays, we just don't have those problems anymore. Like, those aren't things you deal with. And it's so funny. My wife, uh, she has, like, her top ten shows, right? And I'll walk in the house at any given time. She's watching TV. And she's not actually watching TV. The TV's just playing her favorite show. She's in a different room. And so I'll come in and I'll change it to like ESPN. She was like, hey, I was watching that. And I was like, what? You don't even know what was happening. And she was like, uh-huh, so-and-so just kissed so-and-so. And so-and-so was mad and they were about to go get so-and-so. And I'm like, were you just in here? No, but I just remember the episode. <laughs> and I'm like, there's, there's no way, right? So, but here's the deal. Like how many guys, you, either you do it or you know someone that does it, just runs like some, the same shows over and over, just that background noise in your life. You know what I mean? Just, and, and I think for many of us, if we're not careful, we might go into 2023 just replaying the same background channels of our life in the current year that we did in the years past. You see, maybe the secret to what God wants for us is that we have to change the channel and become intentional about what we start putting into our life. Otherwise, we'll live the rest of our life the way we've lived all of our life. And I think that the opportunity that we have right now is to change the channel. Say change the channel. And so I think that that's the key because in my family, I was the remote when I was a kid. Now, that's not necessarily a thing. But as we look at that, I want to unpack what it looks like because I believe some of us have kind of been stuck in the seasons of life that we're in. Right. And, and as I've asked people, even on Instagram this past week, I said, what what is the season of life? Right. What is the like best word to describe the season of life that you've been in lately? And these are some of the answers that we got. He said the word that best describes the season of my life would be success. I'm like, good for you. You know what I mean? So so they have success. Some of them said the word that would best describe the season of life that I'm currently in would be joy. I'm like, man, that's that's awesome. Turn your neighbor and say joy. Right? Like, I want you. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, the, the word that would best describe it for some people, they said, would be regret. Coming through a season of regret, right? Some people said the word that would best describe the season of life they've been in would be loss. I think we can all resonate with that to some degree or another, right? Um, someone said the, the season of life that I've been navigating or the word that would best describe it would be isolation. 
So we got this one a lot, actually. People are like, man, I, I feel so isolated. I feel so alone, which I think is so interesting that in the 21st century, we have more opportunities to connect with people than ever before, yet we feel more disconnected than ever before. I think that's very interesting, right? In some shape, form, or fashion, I think almost every answer that came through was this when the word that would best describe the season of life that I've been in would be pain. Pain. And as I've talked to people going into this year, uh, I've been asking them, I was like, hey, man, are you, are you excited about this new year? And a lot of people, I've been getting no's. Like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, it's like, it's a new year, baby. How many of you guys, like, when it's a new year, you just feel better? You know what I mean? It's like, it's a new year. I'm going to take this year, even though you may not be doing anything different than you did last year or the year before. It's like, but this is my year. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I haven't seen too many, like, this is going to be my year since 2020. I think that killed everyone's ambition. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, this ain't my year. You know, just in case, this is not my year, you know. But I've been asking people, and here's one of the phrases, and I think that as a lot of people have adopted pessimism in their life, because how many guys know life can create that mentality in you? This is a phrase that showed up over and over again, and is, what if this new season is worse than the last one? A lot of people aren't looking for God to do a new thing, because what if the new thing God wants to do feels worse than the thing he just brought me out of? I'd rather stay here in what's comfortable and painful than possibly go into a new thing, because what if it's worse? And that's where a lot of people have been lately. But a question I have for you is, what if the new season is better than the last one? What if the new season that God wants to take us into is better than the last season that we came out of? What if the, what if the relationships are better? What if they're stronger? What if your faith is bigger? What if you shine brighter? What if God has more for you? What if this next season is bigger and better and greater than what we're coming out of? What could it look like if we started trusting God for new and greater things? And hear me, I believe that some of us, it's not that God doesn't want to do something great. It's that we've sat on the couch of our life for so long because we refuse to move into any anything new, taking a risk that it might be great. Because we would rather be with the comfortability of our pain rather than face the uncomfortability of what is uncertain. So I'll stay here, right? But here's the deal. We've got to move if we're going to see something happen. Say move. And I believe that one of the greatest stories in the Bible where we see this is in Numbers chapter 1. We're going to go there today and we're going to spend our time Looking at the story that happens in Numbers chapter 1, as Moses is getting ready to lead the Israelites into the promised land. All right? So in Numbers chapter 1, they get to, they're, they're rolling into the promised land. They're looking at it, and it's like, man, it's everything that it's supposed to be. And that's what we're going to unpack today as we look at what God had for them, right? In Numbers 13, 1 through 2, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Say giving. He says, I'm giving it to the people of Israel. So we jump down to verse 17 to get into the story. So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or if they're weak. Whether they are few, whether they are many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or it's bad, whether the cities that dwell in are camps or they strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now, when we read this in Numbers, 
The big thing that we need to remember here is what God was sending the spies into Canaan to accomplish, right? See, when we, if we were going to send spies into someone else's space, we're trying to figure out whether something is possible or not, right? So ladies, when you have your best friend try to go talk to that man for you, don't look at me like that, right? When you're like, girl, go see, go see if he, yeah. I got two sisters. Y'all ain't telling me nothing, okay? So, <clears throat> girl, just go, go talk to him for him. Go talk to him. I'm like, what if it, no, no, go talk to him, right? What are you trying to figure out? You're trying to figure out if he's even interested, right? Fellas, when you get your wingman to go talk to a girl for you, right? And he fumbles the bag, right? <laughs> got to find a new wingman. Anyway, so, so they're, send, they're sending spies into Canaan. But listen to me. They're not sending spies into Canaan to find out if the land can be conquered. Listen to me. God is sending spies into the land for them to see what will be conquered, you see, the, the danger in what we do when God sends us into spaces is we start looking for whether or not God can do the thing he already said he will do. But the reality is if God said he's already going to do it, he's not sending us to figure out if he can. He's sending us to see how big the opposition is so that when he does, we know how big of a God we serve. When he sent the spies in, it wasn't, hey, go see if this is possible. It's, hey, go see what's about to happen. Because listen to me, you're going to understand the magnitude of it. And I want you to grab a hold of this as you launch into this year. What if God wants you to see the magnitude of your opposition so that you'll know his power? What if God wants you to see the magnitude of your opposition? He want, listen, I want you to see how fortified those walls are. I want you to see how big the people are. I want you to see how hard it's going to be to overcome so that when I do it, turn your neighbor and say, he'll do it. So that when I do it, you'll know it was me that did it, not you. You'll know that it wasn't because you're awesome. It wasn't because you worked hard. It wasn't because you got the right degrees. If you get it, if you go there, if you get that job, if you accomplish that thing, if I open that door, it's because I open the door. It's not because you're great. It's because I'm great for you. And he says, send the spies into the land and find out everything there is to know. Because when I give it to you, I want you to know because it wasn't because of you. It was because of me, God says. And so he sends the spies into the land. And that's where we pick up in Numbers chapter 13. And I want to show you three things you have to do. Tell your neighbor, say you have to. I want to show you three things you have to do as you change the channel of your life to start seeing things the way God wants you to see them. In Numbers 13, 25 through 28, it says, At the end of 40 days they returned from spying out the land and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him, We came to the land to which you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. And, and we're skipping over some verses for a second, but essentially what they did, the grapes, the cluster of grapes was so big, they cut off a branch and had to carry it between the shoulders of two men back to camp. That's how big this cluster of grapes was that they bring back to camp. And, and then you go down to the next part. But the people, say the people. But the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. So what do these spies do? They come to Moses and they're like, this place is crazy. It's flowing with milk and honey, just like God said it would be. The grapes, the fruit are huge, just like God said it would be. The land is bountiful. It's abundant, just like God said it would be. It's like, cool, so we can take it just like God said. They're like, hold on a second. 
What do you say? But the people who dwell in the land, they're strong. Their cities are fortified. And listen to me. I find it so interesting that when God says he will do something, we always manage to find some people or even just in ourselves that says that he can't. And listen to me. If you're going to change the channel, the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get your butt out of the way. You're going to have to get your butt out of the way. Right? What does he say? It's flowing with milk and honey. This is the great, look at these grapes. They're amazing. But the cities are fortified. The people are huge. And what is it that God's trying to do in your life right now where he's saying, man, I'm going to unlock this. I want to accomplish this to your life. I want to be able to speak these things into your life. I want to help you accomplish these things. I want to take you to these places. I want to give you influence over these things. You're like, yes, 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 yes. And then you're like, but God, I needed to be on my schedule. But, God, I needed to, I, I don't want you to create any shift in my personality or comfortability. So if you can make all of these things happen for me where my, I, I gain my inner voice and, and I, I start to like, connect with the identity that I am, who God says I am, I want you to do all of those things. But I just don't want to speak to people because I'm an introvert. <laughs> oh, right? But here's the thing. We have to get whatever is occupying our mind and our heart out of the way so that we can see what God wants to do with our lives. Come on, help me out this morning. I said, we got to get some of us out of the way so that God can do what he's going to do, right? And so he steps in, and that's where he's so amazing. And I, and I find it so interesting how people will come to me, and I'm like, hey, listen, like some people come to me right now. This happened over the last two weeks. Someone came to me. They're like, Pastor Brad, this is our year. Me and my wife, we're going to step, we're believing God. We're going to step into financial favor in my life. I'm like, let's go. They're like, can you give us, like, help us walk through some of the things that would get us there? How can we see financial favor? I was like, okay, first we need, we need to make sure you're tithing. And they're like, whoa, we can't afford to tithe. And I was like, I don't think you can afford not to. Like, so what you want is, is you think you're better off with your 100% than you are with your 90% and God having 10%. Like, there's, there is no way where you get to be the one that takes care of everything. I, I was talking with someone else, and they were, they were talking about how I was like, hey, listen, you need to get, they're like, this, we want to get connected. We want this year to be the year of, like, where we're just, our marriage is better than it's ever been. And what do you think is the next step for our marriage to be better than it's ever been? I'm like, be in a small group be in a small group. And they're like, we can't be in a small group. We only have like, they did the math. We have 16 hours a week that we get to be together as a family. And so we don't have time for a small group. I'm like, let me chat. Let me ask you this. Would you rather be better for your family for 13 hours a week because you're spending three hours a week letting people pour into you? Or would you rather be worse for your family 16 hours a week? In other words, it's about quality, not quantity. Listen, you're the better version of you is the version of you that has relationships and connections and people pouring into you. The best version of you isn't the version of you that's always there. The best version of you is the version of you that's as good as you can be when you're there. And they went, I'm going to join a small group. I said, I think that's a great idea. I'm glad you came up with that, right? So, so, so what are we doing? But listen, there's always, there's always going to be a way you could put a butt in the way of what God wants to do. But listen, to you, the best version of you is the obedient version of you, even if you don't understand how he's going to do it. And so we get connected to how God wants to lead us in that space. And so we go back to 
As we look at Ephesians, right? Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Say more. Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. In other words, God wants to do immeasurably more. God has a desire to use your life. God wants to use you as a conduit by which he does amazing things. Not Listen, not just to you, through you so that you reach other people. And listen, if he's ever going to accomplish that, you've got to get out of your own way because listen, you will be the dam that stops the water from flowing. You will also be the one that stops the glory from flowing through your life because it'll always butt up against your uncomfortability. But God wants to do these things in your life, but we're going to have to let the walls down. We're going to have to get out of our own way. So let's go to Numbers. So listen, these spies come back. So they come back from the land of Canaan, right? And as they come back, they're like, man, the walls are huge. Everything's going on. Like, it's, it's going to be impossible. There's no way we could get in there. There's no way we could defeat them. Yes, it is everything God says it is, but there's no way we could get in there. And there's one guy that speaks up, Caleb. Right? In Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, he steps in. But Caleb quieted the people. Listen, how many of y'all know y'all need, you need at least one person in your life that's like, hey, everybody calm down. Right? Now, I'm not that guy for you, just so you know. I'm the amp it up guy. You mean? So if the situation brings us to an eight, I'm bringing us to a 10 instantly. All right? So, so you know, I mean, like, so if it's, if it's hostile, I'm gonna, can I just give y'all a glimpse into old Brad? For just a second, like just a glimmer. All right, so like, if, we, if we were like with friends, hanging out, party, whatever, and someone escalated to an eight, I'm the dude that's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm circling the crowd like, okay, let's go, baby. You know, and they're like, everyone's there, like, hey, calm down. We don't need to fight. I'm like, oh, snap, you know. I'm the I bet you won't guy. Like, bro, they're about to go at it. Like, someone's calling down. I bet you won't. I bet you won't hit them. Anyways. But I am redeemed by the Lord. Okay? So. But don't act up from the south side of the kingdom. All right? So, anyway. So, but, so. But I love Caleb steps into the situation. He's like, he's like, hey, quiet down. He's quieting down all the crowd. Because you can imagine. I want you to imagine this for a second. They've been walking on this journey to get to the promised land. They get there. Because I want you to make this real for you for a second. They get to the promised land. They get to this place God's promised them. And when they get there, it is everything God said it would be. But there's all these things that look like are impossible for them to be able to get in. God, you've brought me this far. And maybe that phrase for you is what can actually be real in the story. You brought me all the way here, but I don't think you can get me there. You brought me through this degree. You brought me through all my schooling, but I don't feel like I can get that job now. You brought me through all these broken relationships and it feels like this marriage is falling apart. You brought me through all of this in, in my career and it feels like I could go one more higher, but it looks like my company is going to close and I'm going to lose everything. Listen, you brought me all this way and now that it looks like it's possible, I don't see any way you can make this possible. And here there are thousands of people feeling that exact same way, but these are actually walking through a desert and they get there. And could you imagine one dude is in charge? How would you like to be that guy? Like, Moses, you clown. And so they get to the promised land. They send in the spies. They come out, and Caleb's like, hey, listen, quiet down, quiet down, quiet down. Everyone, just, you know, 
that he probably hit him with a good shut up. He had to have, you know what I mean? Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. All right, so he says, he quieted the people before Moses, and this is what he said, right? He said, let's go up at once and occupy it. He said, never mind what it looks like. Let's declare what we know God can do. Let's go occupy it, for we are able to overcome it. See, Caleb knew it wasn't about what they could do. It was about what God had already promised he would do for them. Listen, can I help you out with something today? You have to. You're going to change the channel. You have to surround yourself with the right voices. You have to surround yourself with the right voices. They're going to throw that up on the screen for you. You have to surround yourself with the right voices. Because how many guys know if you don't, you, all you will ever hear is the wrong voice. You have to surround yourself with the voices that are going to speak life into what God has for you. You have to surround yourself with the voices that God can do amazing things with. So here's what I, I want you to, I just want you to, we're going to do an exercise real quick just to prove my point to this. Are you ready? All right. So I want you to pick a direction, right? So I want you to pick a direction in your mind, north, south, east, west, left, right, up, down, doesn't matter. Just pick a word in your mind. I want you to go ahead and get it in your mind. You got it. Even y'all at home, go for it. All right. I want you to get it in your mind. Now, some of you, you're not north, south, east, west people. You know you're not. All right. So don't try to be one today. Okay. This isn't the moment. Someone says, go north on 29. You're like, is that towards the pizza hut or away from, I don't know. Which way am I going, right? So you, if you're not a north, south, east, west person, you know you're not, don't pretend today, okay? Don't be a pretender. You be an up-down person, okay? So, so north, south, east, west, up, down, left, right, all right? So just pick, go ahead and pick one, pick one, all right? At the same time, on the count of three, we're all going to say whatever we're thinking at the same time, all right? You guys ready? All right, one, two, three. Cool. What did Nate say? What did Nate say? No, no one knows. Somebody like, who's Nate? Wait, who's Nate? I don't know who Nate is. <laughs> Nate's over here in the front row, all right? This time I'm going to count to three, right? But no one say anything. Nate, I want you to say yours as loud as you can, all right? One, two, three. West. Did anybody hear West? You want to know why? Because all the wrong voices weren't talking while we were trying to listen to the right one. And for some of us in our life, we can't figure out why chaos is consuming us, but all we do is hear nothing but noise all day, every day. We scroll through it, we TikTok it, we look at reels of it, we read the news of it, right? We hear it from our friends, it's in our relationship circles, and then we come before God and we're like, I just feel like life is all over the place. It is. And listen, I'm not telling you you don't need to have any voices in your life. I'm just saying sometimes you need to have certain seasons where you push all of them away for a second. And you say, all right, all right. Like everything, move out of the way for a second. What is it that I'm actually trying to hear right now? What is it that's important that I hear right now? That's why we're going into 21 days of prayer right now. 21 days of prayer. It's kicking off today, right? And so we're super pumped about that. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., we're praying right here in the auditorium, right? And we're going to have moments for you to pray. We're going to have moments for us to pray collectively. And so, man, I'm inviting you to, to join us for that as we get ready to, to pray and see God do amazing things. Um, in our lives, but all, honestly, the good chunk of it isn't about seeing God do huge miracles as much as it's about, God, help me move all the voices out of the way. Let me start this year with 21 days of moving everything else out and moving your voice in, right? Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., Saturdays are at 9, because who needs to be up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, really, all right? So, <laughs> unless you have toddlers, 
Good luck with that. All right, so, but as we, as we come in, we, we, we want to hear the voice of God. But listen to me, for some of us, we, we've got to go in and change how we're hearing the voice of God, right? We, had, we have to hear things correctly. And so then we go to Numbers 13, 31 through 33. We go back to the story, right? So Caleb hushes everybody. He's like, hey, everybody be quiet. Just, just everyone be quiet, right? And, and it helps us understand that it's important that we hear the right voices. But listen, even when Caleb spoke the right thing, there were still too many of the wrong voices. And the men, after Caleb spoke up in verses 31 through 33, Three. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And then we skip down to the end, and he says, We seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. In other words, the way he said it was, These guys are so big. They're huge. These people are massive. There's no way we can overtake them. And since there's no way we can overtake them, listen to me. They're so big, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and surely we look that way to them. Now, did they ask them if they looked like grasshoppers? Did they go up to this huge enemy and be like, hey, fellas, just for, for, you know, let me know what y'all think. How do we look? Didn't happen. They saw in themselves the inadequacy, regardless of what God had already said about them. And for some of us, man, I think we're falling into the exact same trap. We look at ourselves and all we see is the inadequacy. We don't see how God wants us to see ourselves. And listen to me, I want to give you this last one. You have to change how you see things. You have to change how you see things. The things of your life, you're going to have to change what you're looking at. You're going to have to change all the aspects of how you see yourself. But listen, sometimes we're going to need people to help us with that, which is why groups are so important. And as we get ready to kick off group today, we have uh, one of our testimonies of a brother of ours who, uh, man, was in a group last uh, season and it helped change his life. And we've just been seeing him grow time after time and time again. And we want to show you this story. Go ahead and roll it, guys. My name is Michael DeRoger. Long story short, we moved here in June of 2022, and I got online one night. I Googled churches in Pensacola. I got a lot of results, (laughs) and I just started going through them. And the first we came to was TC, and we kind of just knew. Um, And really, when we walked through the doors, it was a peace, um, a reward of being able to come to a place where you're able to heal um, from a lot of your past wounds. It just felt like home. I'm a very extroverted person, so getting with groups doesn't, like, that's where I gained my energy, so I was definitely ready for it. <laughs> um, excited to just jump into it. But I did join Jacob Hedden's group, um, Let the Kids Play, was the group we jumped into, just because we have kids, it's Saturday. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of weeknight groups we could go to. Um, and so that's kind of the group we jumped into, and so I got connected with Jacob Hedden. Jacob's been a, um, a walk-along disciple with. We're both going through Pipeline. Um, we've got a, sim- a lot of similarities with both, struggles that we both have, and the ability to come in and heal and have those relationships again um, and be vulnerable. I think that's a big part of it, is being vulnerable to know, like, I have stuff I'm still dealing with, but noticing there's a lot of people here who have stuff they're dealing with and that it's available to still come here even though there's hurt. 
Um, I think Pastor Brad and all the leadership at TC understand that there's gonna be people coming that have been through that, whether they themselves have been through it or just have been able to help you with it so much that they create that environment and culture to heal again, to come back to that relationship with Christ. One thing that I've been doing with the people who I feel like God's asked me to connect with, like um, Arion, Jacob, um, Pastor Rick, and uh, Marquise, continually just throughout the week, hey, how's your week been? Hey, how you doing? Encouraging them, asking if they need prayer for anything, um, just chatting with them in general. Obviously on Sunday mornings is good, um, but like after practice, you know, I grab Marquise and ask how things are going. Um, but I've just made myself available so that those relationships are just built because they see that vulnerability in me and come back. And so Marquise has been a big one. I've just been encouraging him and the season he's in, but going to a group, not expecting, I guess like to take something from it, but just to come in and see um, what God has for you. One big term I try to tell people is to be hot. And it's from a guy named Tim Ross. Um, he's honest, open, and transparent. Um, because when you're that way, other people be that way. And then I feel like that's what builds that solid foundation. When you're honest, open, and transparent, whether it's good or bad, um, if you have that relationship that you go into a group and you're not sure what to talk about or you're not sure how to share about yourself, um, that be vulnerable and that vulnerability should be your superpower. And that may be hard for introverts or people who don't like talking a lot, but just really be vulnerable and expect expect healing, expect peace, um, and not just, I gotta come in here and be a certain way or I gotta come in here and talk to people I don't wanna talk to. Like, believe me, people at TC will talk to you. <laughs>
Not one of them will ever see the land I promised. This is God. So God takes them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, all that stuff, gets them ready to go into the promised land. And they're like, hey, we can't take the promised land. And I want you to think about this for a second. Like, Think about all that they had come through to get to this point right now. I want you to think of every moment where it seemed impossible and illogical and God still did it. Like, we can't get away from the Egyptians and then God sets plagues everywhere. And they're like, okay, we got away from the Egyptians. And then they're running from the Egyptians and now the Egyptians are chasing them. They come up to this Red Sea and they're like, see, Moses, you brought us here to die, bro, right? And Moses is like, God, you gotta do something. What does God do? Parts the Red Sea, they walk across on dry land, right? And I'm sure they were doing the thing we talk about, like, God, I knew you had it, you know what I mean? Like, so, so they walk across on dry land, they get to the other side. Then they watch the Red Sea close up and swallow the armies that were trying to destroy them. Total God thing, right? Then they get out there, they're navigating all the complexities of trying to get to the promised land. They finally get to the promised land and what's in front of them? Another opposition. Now, the interesting thing to me is if I just saw God do all that, I feel like I would trust him more in that moment. Come on, help me out. Like he parted the Red Sea, got me out of Egypt, all like, God, you did all that. I'm trusting you. Now I say that, but how many of us are guilty in our life right now, where if we look in the rearview mirror of our life, we can see 30 different ways God showed up, but we struggle knowing he's going to show up in this one. God, I know you did that, and I know you did that, and I know you did that, and I know you came through there, and I know you opened that door, and I know you did that. You got me that job, that degree. You, did, you helped me with all this. You got me. But I don't know if you're going to get me through this one. That's exactly where they were. I don't know how you're going to break me through this stronghold. I don't know how you're going to help me with this situation. That's exactly where they were. And listen, God said, you know what? If you want to stay in the desert, stay in the desert. That's what he said with less words. Let's check it out. Numbers chapter 14, right? What does it say? He says, no one, right? No one that, no one of them, none of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Listen, I want to help you out with something today. If you let the problems overpower God's promises, you'll die in the desert. I said, if you let your problems overpower God's promises, you will die in the desert. And so can I just encourage you with something today? If you don't change the channel of your life, you'll be watching this version of your life forever. If you don't get intentional about choosing something different for your future, you will constantly live in your past. If you don't make the conscious decision to say, that's not who I'm gonna be anymore, you will always be the version of yourself you dislike the most. It is inevitable. You know how long the journey from Egypt to the promised land is? 11 days. It took them 40 years. From Egypt to the promised land is 11 day journey. It took them 40 years because they couldn't see past what seemed like was bigger to God in the moment. And so hear me today. I want to invite you to see things bigger. And some of you say, how do I do that? Like, how, how do I actually do that? What's, how, how do I make this possible? This is how it's been for me. And I want to encourage you with this. This is my thing. So this is what I do for me. All right. Develop a daily 
declaration. Develop a daily declaration. Now, for me, it's, uh, it's not like a taking a, a passage of scripture out of context or any of that stuff. Like, here's mine. You ready? I'll give it to you. You can have it for free. All right, I'm charging for the next one, though. God, you've got this too. God, you've got this too. Every time I wake up in the morning, I'm facing, looking at the mirror, opposition, things are going, whatever. We're trying to build a building. Our insurance company's going berserk, right, Justin? You know, like, like we're, we're trying to expand this building. We're buying, and things are just like, their things are up, then they're down. They're up, then they're down. And it's like, you know what my response is? God, you got this too. When things are going, you know, weird at home and different things me and my wife are trying to accomplish together and some of it goes right and some of it doesn't go right and our investment didn't work out or whatever, it's like, you know what, God, you got this too. And I constantly say to myself, over myself, God, you got me through that. Let's just get real for a second. I shouldn't even be here, but you got me here. Our son got sick and he died. We shouldn't have made it through that. Our marriage shouldn't have survived that, but you got us through, right? We barely launched the church, relaunched the church in an AMC theater, and then COVID hit. We shouldn't be here, but you got us here. Now look around the room. This happens twice, and come January 22nd, we're going to three services, baby, so don't forget about that. So make sure you show up at the right time, though, because you're going to show up at the wrong time. Be like, bro, I got here for the altar. God, it's crazy. Anyway, so... But we shouldn't be here, but listen to me, it's not hard for me to look in the rearview mirror of my life and not live in the pain, but be reminded of the promise. God, you've got this too. I don't know how, I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm not sure how you're gonna open the right doors, but you got this too. I trust you. It's a hard statement to, it's easy to say. It's hard to live. But what happens if you just keep saying it over and over again? I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You'll convince yourself, you know what, God? You're better at this than I am. And when you go to Numbers chapter 14, as we wrap up for today, verse 20 through 24, God makes that declaration that none of the people that opposed him in Canaan wouldn't see the promised land. But then he also makes a second promise. And what does he say? But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, because he, because he saw what I wanted him to see rather than only seeing what his eyes could see, because he has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. In other words, we got to stop flowing with the crowd of the people that say God can't. Let's be Caleb and let's surround ourselves with Caleb's and saying, you know what? Let's do the right thing. Let's believe that God can do this. Let's trust him to do this. Let's have confidence that he'll do this, right? And as he does it, man, we're gonna see things happen. And this is why I think this is important. Are you ready? Because for some of you, you need to do this for you. But for some of you, you need to do it for the generations that are coming after you. Some of you have inherited pessimism from your parents and your grandparents. For some of you, you have inherited God can'ts from your parents and your grandparents. 
I'll always be like this because my mom was like this, and my grandma was like this, and my great-grandma. My dad was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My great-grandfather. And listen to me, for some of you, it's time you be the one to break the thing that you keep claiming has hold on your family. It's time you be the one that goes to Canaan when no one else would. It's time for you to shift some things in your life. So listen to me. Here's my encouragement to you. Change the channel. Change the channels so you, your kids, your grandkids can live the life you should have all along. That's what God wants for us. We can get it together. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can trust you with our life. And God, for all of us today that may be struggling with the channel that we're watching, we're sitting, we're waiting, we're holding on to this season of our life. God, I pray right now that you would set into motion the change that you have for us. God, I pray that we would become confident, not in what we see, but in what you say. That we would surround ourselves with the right voices, that we would see things differently. God, as we do that, I pray that you take us to the land that you've promised us, not the physical land, and not to say that the, the place you're taking us is full of money or cars or any of those things. God, that's not your promise. Your promise is peace and favor and joy though. It is a confidence and a rest in our spirit. God, to know that we're in the right place, right? We are calling us and we're looking for victory. God, I pray right now over the people that are making changes in their life and then in their family's life. And they're, God, they're expecting to change some things this year that's gonna set into motion a different environment for their family moving forward. God, I pray you give them the confidence to say yes to that. We thank you for it and we love you today. In Jesus' name, if you're here today and you need God in your life, you, are, you say, you know, Brad, I wanna follow God, but if I were to be honest with you, I don't think my life is right with God. I think I'm missing some things in my life. The reality is sin separates us from God. But when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for those sins. And today, if you wanna be saved, it doesn't take anything spectacular by you. It just takes you trusting in the one that did something spectacular for you. And that's Jesus. Today, if you put your faith in him, say, you know what, Jesus, when I, I believe that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins, that's what it takes to be saved. And today, if you're ready to take that journey, today, if you're ready to start, take that first step, he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. If you're ready to take that step, say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life, make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps the first time and we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.